I'm Steve. Um, I'm kind of part of the, uh, the Ignite team. Um, and if you haven't been part of or seen any part of the kids' ministry, um, I highly encourage you to get involved. It's one of the best ministries that... Uh, I'm biased, but it's one of the best ministries that we've got. I firmly believe in building up the foundation of our kids and setting them off on the path of where they're going to go. Um, but three things that you may not know about me. Um, I used to box and do mixed martial arts. Um, I played tournament-level paintball um, in Paris and doing that over in Chantilly um, and actually made the semi-finals on kind of the one-on-ones. Um, oh, no, quarterfinals. Quarterfinals, I'm still praising that. Um, and I'm a pastor's kid. Um, so back in the UK, I grew up as a pastor's kid. Um, I wasn't always. Um, I remember my dad used to work for a uh, machine parts sales company. Um, and one of his clients, his best clients, was a ice cream manufacturer. And so one day I actually got to go on a journey with him. It's kind of the, the run-of-the-mill stuff for him. But for me, you know, being so high, it's super exciting. Uh, so I kind of go on this journey along with Dad to the ice cream factory, and I get shown around, and the manager of the factory um, actually ends up uh, taking us to the end of the line and getting a hot, I'd say hot off the press, if ice cream can be hot. But uh, <laughs> hot off the press, off the, the, um, the roll, a magnum kind of fresh up. You've never had ice cream so fresh. It was awesome. I got asked if I wanted them to pay my dad an ice cream. I said, yes. Um, Dad sadly didn't. Uh, apparently, you can't pay the mortgage and ice cream. I still maintain it's a great currency. But <laughs> um, So I basically grew up as a pastor's kid. Um, and I don't know if it was because of that event, but um, my dad turned up, uh, got invited to become kind of a pastor. Um, he ended up bringing my brother and, and I to sit down on the sofa. They had some news to tell us. Um, and basically, it said, look, sorry, we're not going to be getting any more free ice cream. I'm having to go into ministry. I say having, he's getting to go into ministry. Um, so clearly that must have had some form of impact. Because as I grew up, I never really wanted to go into ministry. Um, I never really had a heart for it initially. Um, I kind of always wanted to go my own way. Um, God clearly had other plans. Um, and is, I found in my life, God has always had a bit of a dark sense of humor. Um, and so <laughs> here I am. Um, <laughs> So uh, at that moment, it was kind of when I was growing up, I'm always an independent thinker. Um, I'm always an independent actor. I kind of want to go my own way, want to do my own things, want to work things out myself, make my own mistakes, um, hopefully learn from them, um, and kind of end up moving away, going to uni, living on myself, and ultimately moving out and developing my own faith as well. So away from my mum and dad. So I kind of grew up under their faith. And then as I fled the nest, or left the nest, I... <laughs> basically develop my own, this, this is what I mean, right? I'm go, I might say some wrong things, but <laughs> that's good heart. Um, as I left the nest, I kind of developed my own faith from that. Um, and as part of that, I actually developed um, a real keen interest in uh, philosophy and ethics in kind of morals and um, kind of doing some of that in my sixth form in, in my studies and kind of looking at different philosophies and kind of philosophers and how they thought about stuff. And one of the big questions of philosophy that always came up um, and you'd always get different viewpoints depending on which philosopher you looked at, was the question of does the means justify the ends or does the ends justify the means? And just by a quick show of hands, you're not being judged, but a quick show of hands, who here believes or thinks that the ends always justify the means? Ooh, no one. Interesting. And if the other way around, who here thinks that the means are always the justification for the ends? That's to say that it doesn't matter what happens as long as it's done the right way. There's no right answer. It's philosophy. All right. <laughs> um, but I want to actually propose that there's a third option here as well, which is kind of what I want to talk about today. Um, 
basically the third option, and we'll, we'll kind of go through this. Um, child sacrifice. That's not, the third, <laughs> that's not the third option, but that's kind of what we're talking about. <laughs> but I can see kind of the awkwardness on Father's Day talking about child. So it's less about the actual act of it, but the journey towards it, which saying that now also doesn't sound better. Um, <laughs> but basically, I want to talk to you about um, the story of story of Abraham and Isaac and the story uh, that, that Abraham went on and the journey that he went on. And we're often talking about in Father's Day, you'll talk about the, the prodigal son and the father and the huge acts of love and the huge acts of generosity and um, how big our God is and all the kind of the wondrous things he does. And all of that is true. Like I'm not taken away from any of that, but I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about a different kind of love that the father's got for us as well. Um, and that's in um, the story with Abraham and Isaac. So if we go right back to the beginning, hopefully, where it's come up on the screen. Um, Genesis 22, 1 to 6. And it says this. It says, sometimes later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. Go to the land of Moriah. Go sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey, took his two servants with him, along with his son Isaac. He chopped wood for the fire, burnt offering, uh, and set out for a place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, he told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and we will come right back. So Abraham placed wood, on the burnt offer- wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them walked on together... It's an interesting piece of scripture to start a Father's Day talk on, I admit, Um, because most people will look at this and think of this as the dedication that Abraham had to his God, the faith that he had to his God, that he would take on what most of us will look at and think of such a horrific task or a horrific ask. Um, But if we look at this again and look at this, this scripture, it's like what we actually see is a powerful example of fatherhood that Abraham has Isaac, and a powerful example that we as fathers can look at. Uh, because this wasn't just a quick pop off down to the local sacrificial pit, kind of bang on the head, come back, be done, back in home for tea. Um, <laughs> this is a journey. They, they've been walking for three days before they could even see the mountains off in the distance. And for all of those with kids know that traveling with your kids for even the smallest amount of time... <laughs> can feel like a lifetime. So traveling for three days before you even see it in the distance, I don't know how many are we there yet you can go through, but I'm sure that Abraham probably went through a few. Um, and what gets me in this, is his, in this journey is um, Abraham's honesty with his faith with Isaac through this and how open he is with his faith and how much of an example he is to Isaac during this. Um, because kids being kids, you will always get the awkward questions, Right. Always. And in the most awkward of moments, they will always say the wrong thing. Um, when I was growing up, my mum and dad took me down to a hardware store. Um, and that was a quick pop down to the corner, hardware store. Um, but we were sat there at the tills and at the checkouts. And next to us, there was this huge white and black fluffy dog. Like the one that's the exact same that's on the paint cans. And you know, me being really young, I was super excited, um, very, very loudly exclaimed to mum and dad, look, mum, dad, there's the Durex dog. <laughs> I've never been ushered out of a shop by my parents that fast before in my life. <laughs> um, they'll always ask the awkward questions, and you can imagine that 
that Abe probably got a fair few awkward questions from Isaac. And we only get to see one of those in this piece of scripture. But it's, it's, you can imagine they're walking along, they're trudging along. He's tired, he's stressed. He's probably a little bit kind of angry, upset, doesn't really know what's going on. But you know, you've got Isaac going there. So, so dad, yeah, we're making a sacrifice, right? Yeah, he probably knows where this is going. Don't ask, don't ask, don't ask, don't ask. And we've got the wood. Yes. And we've got the fire. Yes. Don't ask, don't ask. And he knows where this is going. So where's the sacrifice? And you can moment, it's like that moment, everything just kind of clenches up. It's like, oh, how do I ask this? And in this, this is the, the, the perfect example where we've got Abraham here really showing his faith and his hope in his God. Because as parents, we get those awkward questions. We don't quite know how to ask and we don't, sorry, we don't quite know how to answer. Um, and we want to be honest and we kind of want to show the right way. And even when we're stressed in the worst moments, when we just kind of want to tell the kids to, to sit down, shut up, go over there, let me do my thing. Um, but instead, actually what Abe responds with is this. He shares with his faith and his hope, God himself will provide. Even in probably one of the toughest moments Abraham's going, he's still able to show his faith and his hope to his kids when he's going through this. Because the importance of this is the fact that the kids are always watching. They're like, it doesn't matter what you tell them, they're always watching. They're like Roz from uh, Monsters, Inc. It's like, always watching, Mike Wazowski. They're always, <laughs> always watching. Um, especially when they fall down, when they hurt themselves, what do they do? They look up to see how their parents react first before they react. And I, I, we have this all the time. I mean, it's one of the things that me and Mary with, with Mia and with our girls is when they fall down. It's, we had to train ourselves not to react to how they fell and how they hurt themselves to help them understand how to react when they fall down and when they hurt themselves and when it's okay and, and when things might be a little bit more serious and we need to take them to hospital. Uh, <laughs> Because that's happened a fair few times. Um, kids are sponges. It's scary how much they absorb and how much they see just by watching us as parents and how we act. And so what Abraham shows us here as a... Uh, actually, I get to do this. Um, is a <laughs> it's Father's Day. She can pick it up for me. Uh, <laughs> Um, so what we get this is it's an incredible opportunity for us to actually show our kids how we can show, how, how they can relate to the Father, they can relate to God, their faith, their hope through their life, through these mundane, maybe through these stressful moments, through the boring, the highs, the lows, that we can just, we don't have to do anything special. We can just see how we react to God. And it's an incredible opportunity that we've got to hit the bullseye of the Venn diagram between God, us, and our kids. Um, God, we always see as the God is the God of the big, the majestic, the grand, the the superior, the miracles. We think that he's such this, this big high being that we can never really relate to. And as you delve more and more into the Bible, what you see is through Jesus and how he interacts and through God and how he interacts is that more and more it's through the quiet whispers. It's through those small moments, those small moments of intimacy, of connection, those small challenges and convictions that he gives us, the questions, 
that we can ask of him, but also the questions that he asks of us. And with our kids, again, it's the same. Society tells us kids want all the brand new things. They want all the the bright toys, the bright flashing lights, all the, the, the biggest and the best stuff, the big parties, the big trips, all the brand new things. And yet, as we grow up through through parenthood, is we realize that actually, and, and this is kind of scientific research has shown that the more the kids have, the more stuff kids get, is actually the less they really kind of get in life, the less they kind of really get out of life. They get bored a lot quicker. And actually kids there are looking, they probably won't admit it, but they're looking less for all the stuff and more again for those small moments, those moments of intimacy, of connection, where they can challenge us and we can challenge them and we can kind of convict them and we can kind of ask their questions and they get to ask all those awkward and annoying questions of us. Um, And then as fatherhood, as fathers in particular, we're told that it's all about our income. It's all about our house, our car, the provision, what we do, what we make, what we fix. It's about what we can do, not who we are as fathers. And there's that pressure. And I know that I've certainly felt it, and I'm pretty sure every single dad in the room has felt that here. And yet actually what we see here from both is God as an example, but actually through parenthood as you work it out, it's not got to do with any of that. But as fatherhood, it's about, same with God, same with the kids, being present, those small moments of connection, those small moments of intimacy where we can challenge our kids and they can challenge us, where we can ask questions and they can ask us. It's not about any of the big stuff. It's all about that small stuff, that relationship, that journey that we go through. We have this opportunity which we can show our kids through the example of our actions and how we react to them around us, through those small moments, through the, the highs, the lows, the stress, the strain, getting to church on time when you've got three kids and a dog and trying to get a house ready to sell and you are just incredibly, incredibly stressed. That might be just me, but <laughs> um, it's through those mundane and those individual moments and times of connection that we learn how we can really rely on God ourselves and how God has shown us and that how we can then show that to our kids. Proverbs 22, 6, it says this, start children off on the way that they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Um, me and my dad definitely had our fair share of arguments as we were growing up. Um, I'm pretty sure that we've all kind of been there, um, especially as you're getting older, you're kind of trying to assert your own independence. Um, and I know that deep down, even when I've questioned my own faith, when I've kind of gone through those moments of working things out myself and being completely honest with you, probably would, call, would have called myself a Christian just by the slightest of hair's wits, that it was still there in me because I could see how my mum and dad grew up and how they lived their lives by the convictions that they had, by living with the faith that they did, even when they didn't know what was going on, even when... Admittedly, they probably would have been angry at God or wondering what's going on next. They still held true to their values. They still held true to their faith, their love, and their God. And me being 34 now has still stuck with me, seeing that and being able to have that evidence to me of how they live their life and how they relate back to God. Um, 
So that's kind of something, um, I guess. Uh, and it kind of <laughs> it relates back to um, actually one of the tattoos that I've got, which is this one here, which is Jack's, Jack's Compass. Um, if any of you are um, or know of the Pirates of the Caribbean films, you'll know the compass that Jack Sparrow always has. And it's this magic compass that it tunes itself to the heart or what the person who's holding it heart wants most in the world. Um, and I got this compass on here because it always reminds me of this verse, which was Matthew 6, 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. See, for me, this and that and showing our kids our, how we react with our God and our faith in our God is about showing where our heart is. Because as a compass, your headings when you're on a pirate ship, as most of us are during the week, it's... It's about knowing and having that heading of where we are, because when we know where we're going, it means that we can navigate through the journey and navigate and keep our eyes on that fixed heading. Um, it helps shift our perspective. And the other thing, as the films also show, is that there's no point just having one person know your heading. There's absolutely zero point just one person knowing the heading, because then all you're doing is just dragging people behind you. But once you share that heading, once you've shared your heart, your focus, it means that those who are with you, your crew, can also share in that desire for that heading and everyone works towards it. Um, because ultimately where the ship goes, the crew goes, part of the ship, part of the crew. It's um, You're sharing your direction, your focus, your heart, and ultimately your relationship with your God in, in showing your kids that. Um, I do this... <laughs> I've got another quote from another film. I do, me and my brother, when we grew up, we um, basically learned only to communicate in quotes from films. It's incredible. This was before we got gifts and memes coming up, and that makes me feel old. But it's like before all of those sort of animated gifts came out, like we were just communicating quotes. Um, so there's a TV series um, which I love, which is called Firefly, um, which is a sci-fi TV series. Fox cancelled it. It was horrific, but um, it was a brilliant series, and there's a, um, a character in there in a scene um, fairly early on, and he's going through a spaceport, and he's looking at all these spaceships and where they're going, um, but he's looking more at the spaceships, he's looking more at the crew than he is the actual spaceships themselves. Um, and one of the crew members come up to him and actually ask him, well, how come you don't care where any of these are going? And he responds with a simple line, which, to be honest, for me was transformative, which is just this. How you get there is the worthier part. He doesn't care where they're going. It's how you get there is the worthier part. And funny enough, I've got that actually on my tattoo as well. It's something that's always reminded me um, that in these journeys that we have with God, it's not necessarily the destination, but it's how we get there that's going to be the worthier part. See, God isn't the God of finale. He's not necessarily the God of the pizzazz, of the wow, of the flash, um, of just getting things done. Because to be honest, like I'll, I'll dare say if he was, at the foot of the cross, there wouldn't really be much more point in having earth around. He might as well have just kind of carried on with heaven and, and all of that jazz. He wants the relationship. He wants the journey. He doesn't focus on the spectacular. He doesn't focus on the flash. He doesn't focus on the bragging. Um, I might even be so bold as to say he doesn't care about the numbers, how many conversions you might get, how many kids you might have in the kids' room. It's about the journey that you're going on 
in who you're going on with and the impact that you can have with them. He's a God of relationship and being part of what you're doing. And in seeing that as fathers, we then get to be the fathers of relationship. Not the fathers always going off and, and bringing in all the big bucks. It's not always about the big house. It's not always about doing all the big things. But it's about having that presence and that relationship with our kids that they remember the most. Um, God didn't have to require a sacrifice so far away of Abraham. He could have said, anywhere, the nearest tree will do. But he wanted Abraham to go on this journey with Isaac. He wanted Abraham to go on this journey to, to show his faith and share his faith with Isaac. Because Isaac would then go on to do amazing things because of the teachings and the lessons that he observed with his dad. Jesus, uh, God didn't have to have Jesus come down and live the life that he did. He didn't. Let's, let's, be, let's face it. Jesus came down and he lived his life the way he did. He, he died on the cross, came back, and, and still one of the, one of the um, early moments when Jesus actually ended up um, coming back after the cross was in disguise talking to people on a road. And he finished it with a meal to talk to them. He wants to go on the journey with us. As parents, we don't have to bring up, well, actually, no, we do. We have to bring our kids. Um, <laughs> and when we do bring our kids, it's, we get this opportunity that Abraham has, or had, sorry, that we can share and be an example of our faith and taking our kids along the journey. God's not asking us to do anything different. He's not asking us to do anything out of the norm, any grand gestures, anything that's going to really take it out of our lives. But he just wants us to be an example of faith to our kids, to show them the heading of our compass, to show them the direction that we're going so that they can then take from that. And as we said in Proverbs, they can, we start them off in the way they should go so they don't turn from it. Being a dad is about being relationship, being present and doing the life with them. It says here in Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 7, commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. And this is the bit that I kind of I really get from here. Talk to them when you are at home, when you are on the road, when you're on your journey, when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. All of this is talking about daily life. Talk to your kids. Talk to them about God. Talk to them about your faith. Bring them on that journey. Show them that faith. It's not about doing anything extra special here as parents. And I know that society tells you that in order to be a good dad that you should be, but... What we're seeing here in the Bible is the complete opposite. And that's kind of what I love about God and how Jesus acted. It subverts all of societal expectation. And it brings it all the way back to relationship and the small things. Um, at the end of the story, um, we basically all know what happens. Well, I hope we all know what happens with Abraham and Isaac. But for those of you who don't know, basically they reached the top, had a bit of a giggle, um, ended up having some good old kiwi lamb roast. Um, and moseyed back on down, and happy days. Uh, <laughs> um, and you can imagine those sort of stories afterwards that um, Abraham and Isaac might have had kind of every Christmas after that. Hey, Dad, remember that time you tried to sacrifice me? <laughs> Good times! But <laughs> it's about having those moments with our kids as well. I, I can remember going to the ice cream factory. I can remember 
sitting down and being told that we were no longer going to be getting ice cream. But there are so many other stories that we, I remember with my mum and my dad because they showed me and they took me along on those journeys. And so we as parents and as fathers, we get to do that with our kids as well, that we get to show them where they're going. And hopefully they will remember them because we have shown. It's one thing that we always said with, um, with our girls is whenever we tell them off, it's always great that they say sorry, but saying sorry and showing us that you want to do something different is two completely different things. Um, we need to be able to show our kids the way, not necessarily just tell them the way. And so God wants to be part of that whole journey, that whole relationship that we have. And he wants us to be able to share that relationship with our kids. We've got this opportunity that Abe had because, let's face it, our kids are always watching you. Um, and ultimately, they will start their own journey. Um, even at seven years old, oh, sorry, six years old. She's six. She's six. Uh, even at six years old, it's something that I'm thinking of with, with Mia and kind of how she's going to be growing up and where she's going ahead in her journey. It's always in the back of my head. Um, because they will grow up and take what we show them, the headings that we show them, and they will go off on their own journeys. And maybe they might move to another country. Maybe they might stay where they are or move to another town, another city. Um, I'm not saying they're going to go off and generate whole brand new 12 tribes of wherever they are and kind of a whole brand new God's special kingdom. But um, what you will do is when we show them the way like Abe did, we can help attune their compass and their heart to focus in the right direction. We let them know what really is the worthier part. We start them off in the right way that they should go. We raise them up to be great people of faith. And here's the kicker. We can do all of this as parents without needing to do anything extra special. We're just living our lives and we're just showing them how we're doing it. And I think that's the weird thing that a lot of us kind of try to wrap our heads around is that we can make it super complex and we can make it so difficult to try and achieve when actually at the very root of it all, we don't need to do anything different. We just need to show them how we react to God and show them who God is. God does the rest. Um, it was something that we prayed about this morning and, um, making, we act in the natural and it's God who then brings that and brings it into the supernatural. We just need to bring the natural. God does the rest. Um, we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us so that we may allow those who come afterwards to stand on ours. At the end of uh, this talk, we asked at the very beginning kind of that big theological question of just does the end justify the means or does the means justify the ends? Well, we had that third option, which isn't child sacrifice. I just want to clarify that now. It's <laughs> the third option that we've got is simply this. The end is the means. It makes it real simple, saying the journey is the destination. And God very much wants to be part of all of that. Awesome. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Steve. Fantastic word. Be encouraged. And whether you are raising children that are this big or this big or have already flown, um, it's cool to know that we're still all on the journey until this 
uh, moment is no longer here on earth and everything becomes new again. We're still all on this journey together and Father's heart can mentor us as we go on this journey and then we can uh, then mentor others and bless others no matter where we're at and no matter whether we're a father or not. Um, we're all given people to be around and to encourage on the journey together. So I encourage you as you go out this week, um, continue connecting to the Father Heart of God. Continue knowing who you are as his child, that you can walk burst out of his love and his goodness. And that as you walk, that you know the journey that you're on with him, as Steve has talked about. Awesome. Grace and peace, everybody.